prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to The Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and with me is my compatriot, Chops. Hi, Craig. Hi, Chops. Uh, if, if I was to be any part, uh, if you were a robotic boy and I was one of your enhanced body parts, which body part would I be? Uh, I, 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 of all the questions you could have spitballed uh, to me, uh, I wasn't expecting that one. I good. But I'm going to have to go with uh, 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 shoulder-mounted cannon. Oh, good. Okay. I, I would have also accepted um, uh, butt-cheek machine guns, but uh, I like the shoulder-mounted uh, cannons better. What a coincidence <laughs> I do, too. And that leads us into the, uh, the subject of our episode. Today... <laughs> Yes, but machine guns is very important today. You pay attention. All right? you, guys, right. you guys listen. You listen up. You listen good to your host. But machine guns are incredibly important. You remember that. Today, we're talking about Astro Boy Omega Factor. Developed by Treasure and released by Sega for the Game Boy Advance on August 18th, 2004. This side-scrolling beat-em-up stars the titular Astro Boy who deals with many different issues, including time travel, terrorism, and robot rights. He's the MacGyver of Japan, but not a man with a mullet. He's a shirtless boy who's also a robot. Yeah, so uh, Astro Boy, if you've never heard of him, uh, I would honestly be sort of surprised uh, because Astro Boy might be one of the most important fictional characters of all time. How, so I'm not super familiar with it. I know of Astro Boy and I know he's existed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old he is, like like how old the series is. And I don't know. I'm assuming it's, it's he's a very much uh, culturally significant in a lot of ways. But I, I guess I don't know that for sure. Yeah. So let me uh, uh, give you a rundown, uh, Chops. So originally in Japan, the series was called Tetsuan Atamu, uh, or otherwise known as Iron Armed Adam. Uh, Astro Boy is a, an Americanization. Uh, his original name is just Adam. Uh, is, it, is it Adam, A-D-A-M or A-T-O-M? A-T-O-M. Okay. Uh, you know, you have to think, uh, uh, this is a series that was coming out after atomic energy was getting big. So yeah, uh, this ran from 1952 to 1968 as a manga. And uh, it was written and drawn by who is essentially the godfather of manga, Osamu Tezuka. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, that's, it's got a lot of cultural significance to it. Huge. Uh, Astro Boy is, is a, an immensely popular character from Japan. Uh, you know, but the, the cartoon was brought over to America in the, like, 1960s or whatever. Right. And, the you know, the, the translation they gave was real sloppy. The dub was pretty crappy, you know. Uh, but it was enough to at least have left an imprint in America. Uh, but in Japan, I mean, Osamu Tezuka is huge. I, uh, you know, for uh, our, our listeners who are unaware, which if you've listened to even like one more episode of Legend of Retro, you probably know I'm really into like manga and anime and stuff. This is the first I'm hearing about it. Really? No, I thought I made it a little more clear. Considering <laughs> in the background of our Zoom call, you could see the bookshelves of manga lining my wall. Oh, is that what those are? Did you? Think I thought it was just a whole bunch. I just thought it was just a whole bunch of different versions of Yellow Pages. <laughs> it, I those are in the other bookshelf. Oh, it's in the Yellow Pages room. Got it. Yeah, Sorry, the, I have a, a a vault dedicated to the Yellow Pages. It's right next to the the Free Press room. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, looking to my left at one of my bookshelves uh, from Osama Tezuka, we have Metropolis, 
Apollo song, and what might be one of my favorite manga of all time, Phoenix. Never heard of that one. Uh, Phoenix is real neat, and it's interesting because uh, the characters in those manga make an appearance in uh, Astro Boy uh, Omega Factor. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm sure you saw in watching playthroughs of this game uh, how there's like a giant like collage of characters that like when you find them, yeah. they like give you there's, stat points. There's so many characters. Those aren't all characters from Astro Boy. They're from oh. every single Osamu Tezuka series in existence. Oh, okay. So he's got a lot of uh, a large body of work to use. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, Osamu Tezuka the reason why he sort of hit it off and, and became popular is because uh, at least in my book, uh, you know, his stories are interesting and they reign. I was going to say they range from deep to not very deep, but honestly, Astro boy is surprisingly kind of deep. I, uh, but I know uh, the, uh, uh, his, you know, series, he has so many of them with so many characters. And so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, just kind of a wonderful homage to Osamu Tezuka. Uh, but the, the, what I was getting at before is, uh, you know, he was inspired by the movie set, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And that's why his characters had really big eyes to make them very expressive. Oh, okay. I see. Disney is essentially what inspired Osamu Tezuka to become the, godfather of manga and to draw anime in that particular style manga in his case before it turned into anime so wow so when people which which kills me because some people you'll talk to and they don't like anime and they're like oh i just don't like the big eyes and it's like did you not like still like the seven dwarves because that's <laughs> where it was stolen from wow so so he kind of kicked off this whole well i mean so I don't want to like give him all the credit, but like current manga or or modern manga, we'll say today, has its roots in Astro Boy, uh, is what you're saying because of inspirations from Disney culture as far as like aesthetics of manga. I mean, if you things. wanna, yeah, if you wanna uh, sort of do a, a a family tree of anime. Uh, then, yeah, technically, Disney is a really big influencer of that early style of anime, the, the big expressive eyes and stuff. Really? That's so weird. Mm -hmm. uh, I just felt like manga and anime like has been this, you know, it's enriched in the culture in Japan so much that I just feel like it's been there longer because oh, it's no. an older nation. If you look at uh, like traditional Japanese art, it's very different than manga. You know, it, it's beautiful in its own way, of course. I, I think that if the animation of Japan had kept that particular style, I, I still think that we would have had very wonderful art. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's face it, I don't think that it would have been as easy to take to for certainly American audiences if it didn't have that, you know, sort of original Western influence. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, because it because as self-centered as we are as Americans, we got to have a little bit of familiarity in something to even remotely consider it as something good. Yeah, basically. Uh, you know, and I mean, to a degree, I'm sort of guilty of that. Like, I like anime quite a bit, but, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm into cartoons from every part of the world. You know, I no, what I've seen, like, I've enjoyed, you know, but I'm not necessarily, like, always looking for different cultures' cartoon products. It's just I took to anime. No, but you can appreciate the value of things True. better than than if you were just uh, if it was just inside your wheelhouse of things you like. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I, uh, but I uh, to to bring us back into uh, Astro Boy, the Omega Factor. This game has a lot of pedigree, not just from its intellectual property. It was developed by Treasure. They're amazing. I, I'm having a hard time looking. I got to look up Treasure because so, I'm having a hard time remembering. What Treasure they is the company that was behind Gunstar Heroes, Dynamite Heady, Mischief okay. Makers, Alien Soldier, uh, uh, Ikaruga. 
Yeah, Silhouette Mirage. They came. They made a Yu Yu Hakusho game. Yeah, they've done quite a few anime games. They did a, a couple of Bleach oh. games as well, I think. Oh, we never got them. I don't think. Maybe. Uh, no, we got Bleach Dark Souls and Bleach the uh, the Blade of Fate. We got those. Those were DS. Oh, okay, uh, cool, cool. But I, I am very much interested in this Yu Yu Hakusho game. I uh, yeah, I, I'm very interested in that as well. I. Uh, uh, I, I I know that there are quite a few Yu Yu Hakusho games on the Super Nintendo because that's what it was originally for, right? Uh, this is for the Sega Genesis. Oh, it was a Sega. Uh, oh, well, that's true. Yeah, Treasure was doing Fighter. Yeah. Oh, it's the fighting game that Sega had for yeah. Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, I've heard pretty good things about that. I I've never played it myself though. I once I get that mini hacked, I can uh, look for that game. Yeah, for sure. I. But yeah, so, you know, uh, Astro Boy Omega Factor is, you know, uh, a game done by an awesome company. It's, you know, has an, a really interesting intellectual property. And it makes you wonder, OK, well, you know, this isn't hailed as one of the best, you know, licensed games. So what went wrong? Nothing like nothing went wrong. This game is really cool. And it has every right to be hailed as one of the best licensed games ever made. And it's just not as well known. It's, it's a, it's an amazing uh, beat em up game, but then it has these awesome shoot em up segments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's basically uh, Ezra boys is basically his own ship, like of like yeah. guns and stuff like that. And, and, and the artwork is really good. The animations are really entertaining. Yep. And it's 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 definitely a game I feel like that was focused on fun. Uh with with the with the richness of the the medium with of Astro Boy being that influence of of characters and develop and um depth to it. But it, it definitely it, it's I miss games that just feel like they're developed for fun. Like Oh yeah. For Especially sure. licensed games, which are more or less just developed for money. <laughs> They're not oh. developed for fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Astro Boy game on, I think it was PlayStation 2. Uh, there was an Astro Boy game that came out around the time this one did, I think. It okay. looks so boring. Really? Big, empty worlds. Like, it doesn't look bad. It just looks empty and dull. Like, they, don't all, they don't all have to be open world, like, explore games, you know? Like, that's what I feel like is a good default. It's like, oh, we'll create like a 3D world. You can move around in another character like that. That doesn't always like if you stick to a specific style of game and you execute well on it, then it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, I mean, this game is is I think is a cult classic just because it's not as well known. Uh, but I mean, honestly, I think that if it was a more accessible I uh, uh, license as far as the West was concerned, it would have been bigger yeah. in America. Yeah, if it was definitely more well known as a as a license, it would have a lot more success. I mean, Bleach is I feel like probably one of the most well known, more recent. Uh, I will say of the obscure type animes, like outside of your Dragon Ball and your um, stuff that's on Netflix now. And even that struggles to sell well with with it being so popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a part of the big three for quite a while. That Naruto yeah. and One Piece, uh, you know, it was it. But still, yeah, anime games aren't going to be as successful as a lot of other games. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's certainly a shame, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you understand why, like a lot of anime games you play, they're not good. They They can be a little too... I don't know. Some anime, it, it, there's there's a cultural difference that sometimes is highlighted in games that like does not translate well to American audiences because they just don't get the context of it, and that suffers a lot. Uh, but then also, I feel like a lot of times um, in that translation effort, the companies that are doing the translating maybe aren't spending as much time as they should and care translating games. Yeah, to audiences outside of Japan, and not not taking it as serious. Oh yeah, you know I I think that and you know it's it's tricky because I think that if you Americanize it too much, the fans are going to get annoyed. Right, exactly. But you know there has to be a fine line because if you just translate everything literally in an anime game, 
well, only the biggest fans of that anime are going to get it and want to buy the game. Exactly. You know, but uh, but Astro Boy is sort of a rare case where you don't need to know what Astro Boy is to enjoy the gameplay. No. Cause it's so fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so fun. Like I didn't even know what the, the the heck the creatures were that you're beating up, but they look hilarious. Yeah, they're, they're like just like a giant for no reason. Yeah, they're like some of the sprites are like as big as his, as tiny as his foot, and some of them take up like the whole screen. And you're like, I don't know what's going on, but they all fall off the screen the same way, and they look hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah, and the the gameplay is pretty simple. You know, I. Uh, uh, Little Adam or or Astro Boy, whatever you want to call him, you know, punches and kicks. He can jet around the screen and like essentially with a dash, you know, move. Uh, but he also can shoot out a laser. Uh, he has like a, a laser he can fire. And he also has a special bar that fills up. And when the special is full, he uses his butt machine guns. <laughs> yes, he does. And it like shoots everything on screen and they all die. Yeah, it, it does a, a big like uh, it stuns the enemies and it, uh, uh, you know, uh, does damage to everything on screen. And uh, yeah, that the those are all things ripped from Astro Boy. Like the, that is one of his abilities is Astro Boy has. I don't know why, but he has machine guns in his butt. Yep. So, didn't they try to make a Astro Boy movie Americanized and it just didn't do well? I think 2009 or something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. uh, there was a, a Western like CG movie that was Astro Boy. Yeah, and it just didn't land well. And and I feel like that's maybe why I I don't put it on my radar as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But I I guarantee you, it's all the things that I love in an anime. Just oh, ridiculous for- robots, over the top fighting, crazy powers. Like I'm sure it's something I would enjoy. Well, you know, and I mean, let's face it, uh, there's no way that Mega Man was not heavily inspired oh, by Astro Boy. Oh, God, no. I mean, it, they might as well be brothers. Uh-huh. Essentially, yeah. Uh, so so for those who aren't familiar, uh, Astro Boy is honestly, it, it, you know, like I said, it's it's a surprisingly heavy series for the fact that it's about a, like, super-powered robot boy who, like, saves the world. Uh, the the series starts and the the main professor character, who's of course in this game, uh, his like son dies, and he's sad and depressed and decides he's going to build a son who won't die, mm-hmm. and so he builds uh, Astro Boy, who then at that point he gets programmed with like human emotions or the capability to to feel emotion sort of similar to like Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he sort of starts his quest at that point. Like, why was I born? Uh, Osamu Tezuka started it as sort of like a weird uh, twist on Pinocchio. That's fair. I could see that totally. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, uh, I, I think he did an awesome job with it. I, uh, But, you know, honestly, the one of the main reasons I'm just so excited about this game is the fact that they... They pull the lore from other Osamu Tezuka stories and put it in not just as like little side characters, you know, that are just like you can find and they give you stat points, which we'll get to because the stat points is kind of a big deal. Uh, but uh, but they're also there to drive the story along. Like, uh, so, so Chops, I don't know how deeply you looked into it, but in this game... When you go through, the first ending you get is that like everybody dies. Like the the they decide that robots are too dangerous to exist in the world and essentially have like a robo genocide. Yeah, I, I learned from the speedruns categories of this of this game, there's like four different like ways to beat the game or like endings that you'll get pretty much. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, your first playthrough through which they call birth, which is like the very first playthrough. There's a true ending mode. There's a rebirth mode. And then there's like an all category, which incorporates the birth rebirth and the true ending. So the one of the things that I got the biggest kick out of in this game is I, uh, you know, when you beat the game, you know, that's a sad ending. That stinks. I uh, the Phoenix appears before you. 
and lets you know that it'll take you back in time and you can alter the events of that game to essentially make it so that, you know, you, you, you know, save the day. Mm-hmm. Now, that probably sounds odd that a phoenix, the firebird, just appears and is like, I'm going to do this for you, Astro Boy. And he's like, oh, OK, right. sure. Well, therein lies my interest, because Phoenix is a manga series that is Osamu Tezuka's magnum opus that he never completed before he died. Oh, wow. Os- uh, Osamu Tezuka's series based upon the Phoenix is a multi how do i put it it is a time span defying series where different events happen throughout time and you don't read the stories in order from past to future you sort of read them out of order like uh i think the the first one it takes place in like ancient japan but like one of the next series takes place in like the year like like three million or something like that, like a belligerently far in the future. And uh, that particular one is the reason I fell in love with the series. Uh, Basically it's set in the future. And this like guy, uh, uh, you know, is like, you know, you know, doing his thing, but his like girlfriend is like an alien. And I, you know, it's just like this kind of weird slice of life, sci-fi stuff and you think like well what is this driving towards and uh atomic war breaks out and it turns out that he is the last human and the phoenix appears before him and says hey i'm giving you eternal life remake the world and he's like but i'm alone like this is an alien this isn't a human and the phoenix is like you're destined to do this remake the world and so it's all about him cursed with everlasting life trying to remake life and how he does it that's crazy you know it starts off he like starts building robots he starts doing like bioengineering but he can't get it right he was never a bioengineer when he was like a normal person so he's like Mm -hmm. he's having the hardest time And it gets to a point where he is eventually is like, do I just need to like pour the like building blocks of life, like carbon and stuff like into the water, like life formed billions of years ago and just wait. And so he becomes like God in this sort of weird cyclical kind of story where life forms again on the planet and he's the one who watches it and he watches mankind form again. And so when I read that like years and years ago, I was like, this is amazing. And so, uh, you know, that's the the Phoenix in Astro Boy Omega Factor. And so for a fan of the series, it makes perfect sense that the Firebird is like, hey, I'm a god and I can do anything I want. I'm sending this robot boy back in time. But for anybody who doesn't know the series, they're just like, what? I, I- and this is a manga you own? I'm looking at it right now. Because I need to read this. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It It is so weird. And like, Osama Tezuka's work is certainly a, a product of its time. Uh, there's yeah. definitely some like racial characters in some of his work. Uh, you know, it, it it's not, don't be wrong. It is certainly not perfect. Uh, but uh, But all in all, I would say that uh, it's certainly worth looking into uh, his library of work. Uh, And also, uh, uh, just to kind of put the final random factoid uh, cap in my hat here, uh, he might have stolen from Disney, uh, but years later, Disney would totally steal from Osama Tezuka when they made Lion King, which is absolutely a ripoff of Kimba the White Lion. Right, right which was by Osama Tezuka. Man, this is crazy. This is a whole world that I, I don't know much about. And uh, I'm very excited to, to dive into it a little bit more. His, his work is super interesting. Uh, it, there's definitely a lot of weird, goofy 
like gag manga type stuff on the sides like oh yeah i'm sure you're gonna have that in a long history of work with somebody who who with seeing the menu select for the men the characters that you battle in the game i'm assuming there's it's not all hits you know? oh sure yeah i mean there, there's definitely some weirder stuff or more taboo stuff here and there but uh you know like uh there was a movie version of the metropolis manga he did uh well, i don't know probably maybe around the time this game came out honestly uh and that's solid uh mm-hmm. the original manga version is a lot of fun and i enjoy it but uh uh yeah all in all uh it, his his library of work is super interesting and leave it to treasure to essentially treasure his work and you know do a good job with it because they didn't have to <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, if the goal is to make a game that sells, then yeah, I think they kind of do have to, right? Chops, we recently talked about a game called Reboot. Nah, these companies don't have to make it fun. That's fair. That's fair. They have to make money. They don't have to make it fun. And so Treasure went above and beyond with this and uh, knocked it out of the park. Uh, and it's interesting that it's just for a side-scrolling beat-em-up is a fairly customizable game because of all the stats you get. Oh, yeah, I did see that. That was crazy. After you beat um, a, a stage, you get the ability to put a point towards a stat, which was like punch, uh, oh God, punch, jump, laser, laser, the um, butt machine guns. Yeah, uh, basically, and it allows you to just increase your damage and effectiveness of everything. Yeah, you can make a really super powered uh, uh, little atom if you want to. Uh, and the cool part is, is it's not just for finishing levels. It's also finding those uh, 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 characters from Osamu Tezuka's work. Uh, you know, you can just find them in levels hidden away or whatever. And so, you know, it's it's fun not only that, you know, you get to sort of even if you're not exploring the game, you get to kind of boost your stats up. But like if you want to make a uh, Astro Boy into a little monster that he essentially is because he's so overpowered <laughs> in the, the series that he's in. Yeah, you can do that. Go for it. Absolutely. That's the fun way to do it in my book. I mean, the, the speed run I watched of it just looked like a blast. Yeah, I uh, you you sent me the link to check out, and uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, a pretty because I'm normally not a big speedrun guy, uh, but it was genuinely kind of fun to watch the speedrun. Uh, you know, and it might be different because this speedrunner had an iota of charisma, uh, right. but I uh, but yeah, it was interesting to just see the like the all the kind of the mechanics of the game at work. But uh, chops, uh, what do you have about the speedrun stuff on this? Yes. Show? So the one that you watched uh, was made by Draco Dan, uh, who beat it in the birth category in 26 minutes and nine seconds. He was actually what was funny is he was doing a completely different category speed run when he got the world record for this. Really? Uh, yeah, he was doing the true ending speed run. And apparently they're the same same kind of path and same kind of um, layout as far as how you play the game for those speed runs. And he just happened to get the speed run for that first category while doing this true ending category, Man. which, which was really cool to see. Cause he's, he was genuinely surprised and giddy because video ends halfway through his splits on the left-hand side. And he's like, he, he clicks the last split for this category. And he's like, I just, I think I just got the world record for the birth category. And then the video ends and it, but it, like he continues on to play for another category while he's all excited about getting the world record. Uh, and so he, he it's basically and, and I don't know the control buttons like what to press. He's just basically for like any group of enemies or any boss just spamming the most powerful attacks you could do and just lining them up so that one laser blast just destroys everything on uh-huh. the screen. And it's just, it looks like a blast. He's just dashing everywhere, blasting as fast as he can, using the camera to manipulate spawns and, and how to get anim- enemies off of the screen so the animations don't take as long. Um, it's it's just a, it's a really fun beat-em-up game that is perfect handheld. 
like perfect for a handheld take anywhere game where you don't feel like if you stop playing that you forgot what you did you just pick up and start beating the crap out of the robots again oh yeah uh, yeah for sure so so there's four categories for the speed runs birth rebirth true ending full omega factor and like i said um i think rebirth is like a new game plus kind of version yeah uh, of it and um the the speed run categories get longer and longer as you go through the different ones, mm-hmm. but it is it's just optimization, pure execution of lining guys up, hitting them with blasts, and not getting hit. And those are some of the more fun speed runs I like to watch because they're not all like weird glitch or manipulation heavy. It's just pure execution, and it's on the player to do it. Yeah, um, no, for sure. So it's fun. To- I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed, uh, and I wasn't focusing too much on it, honestly. I was just sort of glancing at it. Uh, but yeah, it just, you know, it, it's it's interesting too, because I feel like there's a lot of speed runs that, you know, you or Glitch will send me, or maybe they pop up in our Discord channel, uh, you know, uh, while we're on the subject, you know, of speed running or whatever, chatting about it. And I'll click on them and I just feel like, wow, some of these speed runners just look so bored. Yeah, they right, look right. so miserable being the best at this game. Like, why are they doing it? And I just don't get it. But this game does not seem to be like that. This just seems like genuine fun, even if you've played it like a million times. Yeah, there's a lot of games that are... Uh, so, like, I'm watching a speedrunner recently who's playing Cuphead, which is a more modern game. Um, but, like, it's a really difficult game if you haven't played it. And so when he's playing, he's just like intently focus on the screen because he's trying not to mess up because it's such a difficult game so like you think like oh god he's hate like you think he hates life as he's playing uh-huh. it. but that's just the kind of thing they're into so like not everybody's going to enjoy that type of speed run astro boy on the other hand i feel like introducing people to speed running this could be a really good game to introduce people to because it's just fun oh, it's yeah. just fun to colorful the music's good it's just all around a, a really intriguing interesting game uh whether you know the the history of of astro boy and osama tezuka or not you know right like i would have no idea that those characters are from other worlds that he's created or the fact that like i don't even know what the menu select is like like there's just this grid honeycomb grid of like characters in the the speedrunner just chooses it real fast and goes into the level. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I guess there's a certain path you're supposed to go through. But, yeah, I don't know who any of these characters are, but they're cool. They're cool to watch. Oh, yeah, and I mean, you know, Osama Tezuka was a great artist, so at the very least, the character art is very cool, you know, real interesting. It, so It reminded me a lot of Scott Pilgrim for some reason. Well, I mean, Scott Pilgrim... Uh, what is it? Brian Leo Malley, I think the guy's name is, uh, who did the the comics of Scott Pilgrim. I mean, you know, he was heavily inspired by anime when he did his stuff. So I wouldn't be entirely surprised if, you know, whether knowingly or not, he was inspired by Osama Tezuka. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, honestly, if you're inspired by anime at any point, you're... I mean, anime or cartoons in general because of the way that you explained it like it's so interwoven now on on influence like everything's everything these days is an homage or some sort of nod to something else there is there's very little lack of originality these days and i'm not saying that as a bad thing mm. i'm just saying that it's it's hard not to see other things referenced in current media these days. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You got to think, you know, all of humankind has been thinking about how to be creative since, you know, the dawn of our civilization. Right. It, you know, there's, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's real cool that, you know, you have this like, warrior king story but i got bad news because gilgamesh exists right right there's only a finite amount of of creative ideas out there really yeah you know it's it's you know and and there's nothing wrong with that it just means that you know you have to do your own spin on such an idea uh yeah that means you get those different like cultural interpretations like you said with astro boy and creating that disney-esque 
style Pinocchio story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just like uh, the journey to uh, what's the um, Dragon Ball is based off of um, Journey, journey to, the to the West. West. Mm-hmm. You know, like like and that's like if you if you take what Dragon Ball is now compared to what that is, they're very different. Um, they almost don't even resemble each other. Um, but it, you you see Journey to the West interpreted in so many different ways in in American culture, in in French culture, like whatever kind of culture you want to pull out there. Um, so like it's I'm 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 excited to learn more about this game and the characters and the depth. I'm excited to learn more about the creator and hopefully to read Phoenix. Cause that's, that seems up my alley. Uh, there's a, there's a comic series called why the last man, which is about um, the apocalypse has happened. And the apocalypse happened in the form that all men died on the planet, but one guy. And it's about him in on earth as the last man of the Y chromosome. And it's one of my favorite graphic novel series. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it gave what you were describing with Phoenix reminded me so much about how much I love that series. So I'm sure I will enjoy this. Yeah. I I'm excited for you to eventually, uh, uh, borrow that manga and give it a shot because, uh, I, when I first read it, I was blown away by it. And, uh, it's a shame that he never completed Phoenix. Like, yeah, did they anybody finish it for him or no? No, I don't believe so. Which honestly, I think I'd almost prefer, you know, yeah, rather it, than someone jumping into the the mantle. Uh, yeah, but like Osama Tezuka has done manga about Siddhartha, the Buddha. Like he's done mm-hmm. manga about so much stuff. It's it's you know, which I don't think Buddha shows up in Astro Boy uh, Omega Factor, but uh, I don't know. maybe yeah. I guess it could be. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, it, it's all in all Astro Boy Omega Factor is just a super interesting game and there's just a ton to talk about with it. Uh, did but, you, uh, uh oh, yeah. look up to see how much it is for a copy of the game? I didn't, I'm expecting it to be kind of expensive. So I was sort of nervous and didn't want to look because I've been at that point, they'll dash my hopes of buying it. Uh, now nah, you're good. Oh, really? I can get it like ten bucks on I eBay. Ten bucks, yeah. I'll drop that right now. I maybe I will drop that right now. I mean, like complete complete box, you might pay like eighty bucks, but for just the game, I just need that bucks. game. Yeah, I uh, I might uh, actually look into doing that. I uh, I've never owned it physically. I missed out on it. Oh, there you go. You you've got the don't you have the GBA player? Uh, yeah. For, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you need to buy it. That. But Chops, I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, take a brief pause to hear a word from one of our partners, and then we'll jump into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. All right, so the music in this game was composed by Norio Hanazawa and Suyoshi Kaneko. Now, uh, Kaneko, uh, I actually couldn't find a lot on, uh, but he seemed to have worked on a PlayStation 2 game called Makai Kingdom Chronicles of the Sacred Tome. Uh, But not a lot else I could find. Uh, However... Norio Hanazawa, uh, it's a different matter. I found quite a bit on him. Uh, (laughs) And I think that you'll be excited to hear that not only did he do the arcade uh, version of The Simpsons, he did the arcade version of Bucky O'Hare. He did Gunstar Heroes, Dynamite Heady, Alien Soldier, Guardian Heroes, Mischief Maker, and Wario World. Wow. A lot of really good game music is credited to Norio Hanazawa. Uh, And we have a a few different songs 
that uh, Chops and I are going to uh, play here for you. Now, I, uh, the first one I have here is uh, the theme of Metro City. Let's go ahead and give this a listen. essentially turn, turns into uh, jock jams for a brief moment. Yeah, 100% it does. I uh, I really enjoy that for some reason. I, I don't know why I do, but uh, there's something about that that's super charming. <laughs> uh, but next up, uh, we have uh, uh, the theme of Antarctica. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give this one a listen. kind of uh a little bit more like dark and industrial mm-hmm. it's got a pulsing bass line to it and, and it like i get like a trance listening to it yeah it it's almost hypnotic. it almost reminds me of like the trance genre to a degree yeah right exactly i <laughs> uh, now i uh, uh the final song that we have for everybody is uh i uh, not a pokemon it is instead one of the themes, Magnemite. Let's go ahead and give it a listen.
I really enjoy that. It's like a weird, like, techno metal song, grind metal song, just like, like it's, yeah. it's funny. I enjoy it. It's so weird, but I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it, it's a, a all in all a really charming soundtrack with a like a nice blend. I feel like of those like you know darker industrial kind of metallic sounds, uh, as well as the like jauntier kind of happier themes. Uh, yeah. this, this game has a, a nice range of music, which is always good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the only downfall is the the Game Boy Advance's sound card wasn't revolutionary. Oh, uh, which is a shame because you know. There's plenty of games with really great GBA soundtracks. It's just, you know, wasn't as they, high a quality. I just don't know why they don't start remaking Game Boy Advance games for like Sony did a, like a ton of Vita stuff like PlayStation PSP got all remade for the Vita. Uh, you know, a ton of remasters, things like that. There's just so much. I feel like Golden Sun this game oh, yeah. there's these soundtracks that are like getting lost that could just oh just need some revitalizing to them i completely agree with you uh but lord knows if we ain't seen golden sun we ain't seeing a licensed game like uh <laughs> astro boy omega factor right i right. uh, but uh chops what are your final thoughts on uh astro boy omega factor um, I think that for a speed run, you should definitely watch this. It, it's super fun. Um, I think that if you have the game and you haven't played it, or if you have the ability to buy it for cheap, send Craig a copy because he wants it. But first, play it yourself. Wait, uh, no. And enjoy the game because I, I, it's definitely a game I wish I had. Because uh, I, it's, it's. It totally would have been one of those games that I would have taken with me um, when we would go travel for the holidays to like different families' houses and just played in the car. Uh, something that I could like pop in and play little bits here and there, just to just to kill time uh, because it's so it seemed like so much fun. Oh, um, absolutely! I uh, yeah, it, it's it's a shame that uh, around this time I was graduated. And so I was just sort of out and about and, you know, doing college, doing work. And, you know, honestly, my gaming died down uh, quite a bit around this time. And so this was not a game that bleeped into my radar at all. Uh, And only years later did I find out about it and that, you know, it's this really cool, interesting Astro Boy game that's also a ton of fun. I, I say that a claim could be made for this being in the top 10 best licensed video games of all time. Mm, wow. I, Maybe I, we need to have a Patreon episode where Craig uh, gives his top 10 licensed video games. We could just, we could debate it. I, I, I would be more than okay with that. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun to, to argue my case and uh, see what the, uh, the high council of legend of retro has to say on that. Uh, hey, Craig, I think you could probably find this game at uh, Disc Replay. I wouldn't be surprised if they had that in like, their bargain bin. Ooh, I'll have to take a look at some point because, uh, yeah, I uh, this is definitely a game I want to get my hands on. Uh, nice. But, uh, Chops, I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, take a moment and dive in to our Retro Rewind. Ready to go back in time? It's Retro Rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. So, Chops, I, uh, you know, we're, we're covering a, a game here from 2004, uh, August 18th of 2004, which means that I don't have access to an old copy of the Detroit Free Press. I uh, so instead what I have is uh uh some songs and movies that uh were were big or coming out uh during that time. Would you uh, like to hear the songs first? Sure, let's do it. So, uh I'm out of my uh league here, a bit out of my depth. I uh, the number one hit for the week of August 21st. Uh let's see, August 21st. I uh, yeah, this would be August uh, 15th of the 21st. I uh, was Lean Back by the Terror Squad. 
I vaguely remember a song. Lean back. Lean back. Like that's all I remember of it. Oh, okay. Don't remember you remember more than I do. Uh how about number two? Slow motion uh from Juvenile featuring Soldier Slim. Nope. Don't know that one. How about number three, Sunshine uh by Lil Flip featuring Leo? Nope. How about number four? Turn me on by Kevin Little featuring uh Spraga Benz. <laughs> Spraga Benz? I might be mispronouncing it, but I think that's it. Sounds like a weird vegetable. Uh, How about number five? Dip It Low by Christina Milan. What what is this list you're looking at? This is the top 100 billboard in. I don't know any of these songs. (laughs) Don't know. Listen, I was listening to the same emo stuff my brother grew up on, so like that's what I was listening to. All right, all right. Here, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to uh, list off the artists uh, that I know and where they're at, and we'll go by that. Okay. Uh, so Usher was in seventh place with Confessions Part 2. Okay. Uh, Alicia Keys, uh, number 10, uh, If I Ain't Got You. All right. Stank, number 11, The Reason. Oh. Kanye West, Jesus Walks, number 14. Okay. Uh, oh, hey, uh, uh, a song I actually kind of enjoyed, uh, which arguably I shouldn't have because I, I probably not objectively good, but uh, This Love by Maroon 5, number 19. Oh, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, I like that song quite a lot. Uh, uh, okay, number 28, Akon... LL Cool J was number 29. So there's there's some artists I know in here. Linkin Park, Breaking the Habit, number 35. <gasps> Finger 11, One Thing, number 37. <laughs> All right. So a lot of these songs, if you can't tell by the fact I'm really jumping numbers, I don't know a lot of these artists. I, I, I don't know it either. Three Days Grace, Reba McIntyre. Ooh, Reba, keeping it fresh. Uh, number 58, somebody. Uh, my mom and sister were obsessed with Reba McIntyre. Oh, hey, three doors down. Uh, number 65, R. Kelly. Oh, <laughs> R. Kelly. Hey, number 71, Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. And that's about one of the last few artists I know. Uh, Prince, Britney Spears. There's a few others in here, I suppose. I... Uh, but uh, Chops, what do you have uh, uh, for us before I uh, lay some movies on you? Um, so in 2004, uh, in August, along with Astro Boy, uh, we had releases of Doom 3 on August 3rd. Oh, okay. That's a big one. Um, we had Beautiful Joe the next week. Wow. After, after Astro Boy. Um, and Pikmin 2 on August 30th. There's a fair few games that are pretty big. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention uh, was that at this time in the world was the uh, Summer Olympics in Athens, Greece, um, yeah. which there is some pretty cool stuff going on in there. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention specifically is Lindsay Tarpley and Ambie Wabach, Wambach uh, scored uh, on the U.S. women's soccer team and beat Brazil 2-1. to one maintaining an undefeated record to win uh the women's gold in the olympics i you know what i remember that that was a big deal yeah undefeated record which is crazy that's pretty nuts yeah it was a it was a pretty popular olympics lots of firsts happened around then too so um what do you got for uh films so here are a few highlights for you chops okay the Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. Your favorite. What, uh, definitely top thousand. <laughs> Maybe. I don't even know if I could say that. Uh, Alien versus Predator. Nice. Yu-Gi-Oh! The Movie, Pyramid of Light. Pass. I never knew there was a Yu-Gi-Oh! movie. Probably like a straight-to-video release. Uh, these are supposedly, uh, American films of 2004. I think these are from theater. Oh, wow. I think I could be wrong. I, uh, Mickey Donald Goofy, the three musketeers. Okay. 
Exorcist the Beginning. <laughs> Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Oh, God. And Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, not a lot of I would argue maybe no good movies. Uh, I I don't I don't know if Exorcist the Beginning is any good or not. You forgot one big one. Uh, I did. So on August 27th, the movie starring Jet Li called Hero opened on U.S. box office and became the first Chinese language film to go number one at the U.S. box office. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not on my oh because probably because these are American films. Well then, yep. why would Yu-Gi-Oh be in there? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, that's more interesting than the movies I got. <laughs> uh, unless you want to count Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too, because you know that's a top one million film. Yeah, it's a it's a film. It sure is a piece of cinema that was created. Mm-hmm. By humans, ignorant, ignorant humans, but humans nonetheless. Uh, Chops, what do you say we get out of this depressing movie talk and uh, jump into our music bracket? Sounds good to me. Awesome. So, once again, like every other round in this competition, we have uh, 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 another difficult decision to make. Uh, though I will say these are two radically different songs, like about as different as they get. <laughs> uh, from Mega Man 2, which was composed by Takashi Tateishi, uh, we have the theme of Flash Man. Let's give it a listen. <laughs> immediately yeah absolutely i uh, uh flashman certainly isn't one of my favorite robot masters uh and i don't even know if i would put flashman's theme as like my favorites of all time but it's so good yeah i would agree with that i, I think most of the time stopper kind of make uh, robot masters just kind of are meh yeah i i was never huge like you know you have to admit it's a super broken amazing a power to have uh yeah but it's not super interesting in game. Right. Uh, but Flashman is going up against, like we mentioned, uh, about as different as it comes uh, from Mega Man 8, composed by Shusaku Uchiyama. We have the theme of Clown Man. Let's give it a listen.
super fun theme that's so radically different than, you know, pretty much all the other Mega Man themes out there. Yeah, it almost feels like it should be in a Mega Man Legends game. It almost does. You're right. It's I, I mean, like Mega Man 8 is such a weird standout from the other Mega Man games for a lot of reasons anyway. Uh, but I. Uh, yeah, the you know, this in in particular, it's music is certainly not like in a bad way, but it's so different than just about every other Mega Man game. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if, you know, the sort of the the oddity that is Clown Man's theme can hold a torch to the sort of the classic feel of Flash Man. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to see if uh, uh, how our fans are going to vote. Yeah, well, it, it'll be fun to see after your first round of matchups, what era, you know, dominates the, the bracket. Oh, for sure. Because you got to think like the later Mega Man games that we have access to go back to that kind of 8-bit route. Yeah. And so, yep. yeah, it's interesting to see where people's interests are going to align. Uh, but when it comes to voting, uh, if you're not aware, you can vote on our Facebook page. We have a vote there every week. Our Twitter account. If you go to gamezillamedia.com, you can find a link for our Discord. Uh, where not only do we just chat about retro gaming, but we have these, uh, uh, you know, votes every week uh, with, you know, emojis there. Uh, and to top it off, we also have our uh, community playthroughs that we're doing uh, more recently. So if you're interested in playing uh, old retro games with us at the same time as us, uh, you know, by all means, go ahead and jump into that Discord and chat with us there. And for anyone who's interested in supporting GameZilla Media and by extension, The Legend of Retro, uh, you can go ahead and uh, do so. And for as little as $1 per month, you're going to get access to a range of perks, one of which is uh, being able to get an extra vote in our uh, brackets. Uh, we also have uh, like our monthly State of the Zilla show at $1. And then uh, for $5, uh, our patrons can also go ahead and uh, get access to the uh, Game Shark show, where we do a, a monthly special that we release uh, on the last Thursday, which is when Legend of Retro comes out, uh, every month. Lots, lots of cool stuff to offer from us there. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to plug specifically is the discord. Uh, it's so much fun to talk to everybody that, uh, you know, I, I really want as many people as many of our listeners just flood our discord gates, join chat with us so that we can talk to you because we love talking to our fans and like the community play, all the chat happens in the discord um so it's it's definitely the place you want to be if you're considering doing any kind of group play kind of game like that but also that kind of came about from the community itself so you never know what might happen when you're in our discord so go to gamezillamedia.com find the discord link join the discard discord say hello and we will welcome you with overwhelming tags of highs and welcomes uh and, and uh, yeah it's just a fun welcoming open community to chat in Absolutely. And uh, honestly, one of my favorite things is when new people jump in, finding out like what some of their favorite video games are, uh, because sometimes I feel like, you know, some traditional stuff pops in. And then other times you get kind of weird, more eccentric responses. And it's like, OK, this is going to be fun. Like, let's uh, let's uh, uh, see where this new fan uh, what they're going to bring to the table when it comes to our conversation, because, you know, we, we have fans that are like, you know, grew up with Sega. We have fans that grew up with Nintendo. We have fans that grew up with like weirder stuff like, you know, CDI and Virtual Boy and uh, their parents didn't love them and, you know, stuff right. like that. Or or fans that are different parts of the world where they didn't have access to this stuff when they uh, were kids and didn't play it until they were adults. So, uh, yeah, lots of cool backgrounds of fans and people to chat with in the Discord. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so definitely uh, go to gamezillamedia.com, uh, jump on our uh, the, the link to our Discord there, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to chat with you soon. Uh, it's always always a blast doing so. Uh, but uh, Chops, I've babbled about Osama Tezuka and his creation long enough for today. Uh, I think it's time that we say goodnight. Uh, so we'll see y'all next time. 
when the legend continues.